Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. All righty, well, welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. And uh, today we are going to take another uh, listener question and talk about that as our topic. I today. love that these listeners um, are writing in, Cody. Let me just let me just throw that out there. I think that's so fun. Yeah, yeah, I think it's super super cool. Um, you know, not only does it help them kind of get some answers or questions answered, <laughs> but it's also just cool for me because I I just like connecting. Yeah, with coaches, you know, like it's just cool to like learn from other coaches and to see like what they're doing and, um, you know, try and help each other because we're not in competition. There's way too much, you know, there's way too many clients out there. That need Amen help. to that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's always just a, a real blessing to help each other, which is great. Yeah. So, um, so this individual's name is Kim and she reached out to me, um, and basically, she said that she's having some some uh, struggles with the client in particular um, that is kind of dealing with a crossroads as to like what she actually kind of wants. Um, and what I mean by that is like you know she wants to work on uh, you know paying down her debt and <clears throat> you know buying a house and all these kinds of things, um, but at the same time she's also having some hard times letting things go that um had been normalized in her life before hmm, like what um so so you know like certain things like i guess like a uh expensive lifestyle mm -hmm. you know like having like the best clothes or you know going to the nicest restaurants and um you know even like um you know paying for a really really nice housekeeper when maybe she could find someone cheaper or even do it herself mm -hmm. that, and she, you know, the way that she kind of explained it was that, um, she felt that these, these habits or lifestyle choices were, were actually kind of holding her back, um, from what she might actually truly want. Okay. So just, um, so just to clarify, we're using a lot of pronouns here. So I want to make sure that people understand what we're saying. So when you say she said, are you talking about the client or the the coach who reached out to you? Uh, the, the coach. coach. Okay, so the coach okay. has said that the the client's lifestyle is impeding on the client's goals. Okay. Yeah, and just like the the, the success of them. Okay. You know, um, she feels like maybe it's it's causing her to be um, held back from it. Uh, or maybe just having her growth stunted. Okay. Know? All right. Thank you. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about. Fantastic. Because, um, you know, I, I know I've run into this myself as well. And, uh, you know, there's certain things that we can do and help clients kind of dig a little bit deeper and, and see, you know, what they actually want and why they want it and uh, devise a plan to try and get there. Awesome. So. Cool. So, uh, so when this coach reached out to you, Cody, had you, have you had an, I'm assuming you've had an opportunity to respond that we're not just responding yeah. on the podcast, right? Okay. Uh, so right. those of you who are, are trying to get a hold of us, we're not going to just, you know, ignore you and then address it on the podcast. Um, so do you know what kind of 
personality she has? Do you know what kind of coach she, like, does she have a certain uh, approach that she uses with her clients? What do you know about her that you're able to share with us? Yeah. So I just recently connected with her, so I don't know a okay. ton about her. Um, but what I can say is just from my conversation with her and also her um, online presence as well, uh, it seems like she's super nice. Um, that she's very, you know, upbeat, lively, excited, you know, like really wants to like help people, mm -hmm. not only just like, you know, if, so in this case, you know, take care of someone's debt, but she, I think she has a burning passion to like really help people unlock their full potential Ooh, cool. and like help them just like skyrocket through life. Awesome. You know? um, so that's kind of what I'm picking up. Okay. Cool. And is she somebody who, um, <clears throat> is she, is she broad like me where she's like more about the, the open, like the mind, the emotional side of money? Is she more numbers based? Like a lot of the super analytical coaches that we've worked with. Have you gotten any sense from her on either of those? Yeah. So I actually asked okay. her that as well. Um, which is funny why you, that you asked that too, that I think that kind of shows that we're, that we're alike, yep. you know, we vibe together. Um, and she, she did admit, she's like, you know, admittedly, so like, I'm pretty analytical and I focus a lot on like the numbers and the systems and the processes. Okay. And she's like, you know, I really, I really haven't really dug into, you know, the mindset side of things or like the emotional side of things too okay. much. All right. So that's obviously going to be important when we unpack some of this, I think. Um, and I think it's really cool that you, that you asked her that as well. I'm not at all surprised. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so for somebody who is a lot more analytically based, and by the way, what would you say is the base? Like if you just had a guess, I know we don't have any actual scientific data for any of this, but if you had to guess the number of coaches out there that were more analytically and number based, what would you say that percentage would be? Uh, I would say it's probably a good you amount. You think so? Or like 80-20? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know the actual. I, I don't know. It's so you know, hard. 80-20 is just a really if easy If I had default. to take a guess, <laughs> yeah, if, if I had to take a guess, I mean, I would say it's probably probably somewhere around, I mean, anywhere between 35 to 50%. I mean, I, I would imagine. Are more analytical? You know? I would say so. Okay. So you think there's more, yeah. more coaches out there who are more emotion, mindset-based versus purely numbers. If I had to take a guess, I would, I would say so. Um, I think that, I think it also depends on how long you've been coaching Great too. Point. Um, because e even like when I first started, like I was very much that, you know, I was very analytical, very numbers based. And I was like, Hey, if you can do this, this, and this, and this, then this will solve this and you'll be good. Um, and it, it took a little bit for me to realize that like, while that solved things on the short run, that like, you know, people would eventually fall back or they'd slip up or, or something or like, you know, they just wouldn't connect yeah. to it. And I, I noticed that and I questioned like, why is that happening? And I found out that like, I really need to get behind the numbers and address some underlying things in order for them to like really stick, yeah. you know, and that's, and that's when I made that. Cool. Shift. So maybe begin, if you're looking at just straight beginning coaches, people who are just starting out or in that idea phase maybe more of them are more analytically or numbers based, but as they progress and have more and more experience in front of clients, they start to 
morph, if you will, into more of the mindset and emotional side. Yeah, I mean, everyone's different, but I, but I would say based off of personal experience, I, I think that that's probably correct. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really neat. To, I'm, I'm only asking because it's like, we kind of need to know where, like what approach the coach has, because that's going to ultimately have us go, where's the question that they're asking? Like, what are they really wanting to know? And when you were talking about the, the, the coach's client, I'm trying not to use she's because they're both women. And so that pronoun is just going to get us really mm -hmm. screwed up here. Um, but when the coach's client has a lifestyle that she has become accustomed to, it sounds like, and the coach believes that that lifestyle is getting in the way of the client's goals. So there's a couple things I would, I would unpack a little bit and just find out, first of all, I'd find a nice way to ask, what are the client's goals? And is this lifestyle actually getting in the way of that? Or is it your, your goals for the client that the lifestyle is getting in the way of? That's mm -hmm. one really important distinction to make. Like, like whose goals are they actually? Yeah. yeah. Because I just think sometimes mm -hmm. whether you're analytical or not, when we're first starting out, a lot of times we have, especially if we're super passionate about helping people, we have this idea of what that looks like. Right. And we tend mm -hmm. to put that idea onto our clients. Um, and then when they're not doing something that helps them do what we think they're going to do, then we're like, well, it's not really, they're not helping themselves. They're not getting to their goals. And sometimes we just forget to ask them what their, their goals really are. So let's start there. How do you get to, how do you help a, a client to find what their goals are? I mean, I know we've talked about this on future, I mean, sorry, past, <laughs> past podcasts, but what are, what are some things we just want to rehash today? Yeah. So I, I think that the obvious, uh, first step would just, that would be like what you would do either during the consultation or maybe the first couple of meetings to where you just ask them, like, what do they want to accomplish? You know, like by what time, like all that kind of stuff, like that's very analytical. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that it's very, very important for us to take a step deeper. Mm -hmm than that um, and ask them things such as this, which we discussed this in, I think it was actually one of our first podcasts, but like figuring out their why, okay. you know, like, like, okay, we have this goal, but why do we have this goal? Mm -hmm. And like, what's the real reason as to why we have this goal? Um, because that, that allows them to have a deeper emotional connection to it. And if they have that deep emotional connection, then it becomes more important to them. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not just a number. It's not just a process anymore. Like there's a reason mm -hmm. that, that has meaning. Um, I also think that, you know, taking it a step further than that, you know, I think it's, it's also important that like oftentimes in, in every coach is different and everything like that. But I think that there's a lot of power um, when you're, when, you as a coach are able to help people not only decide and determine what they want, but also who they want to become throughout the whole process. Mm -hmm. You know, like this financial coaching, it's called financial coaching. Like, of course it's about money and all that kind of stuff. But I really think that there's, that there's like a huge space within the financial coaching realm uh, that can be very transformational. For, on several different levels. Yep. 
Um, and I think that, you know, if you, if you help someone build like an identity that they want to work into, um, that coupled with like their why statement can be so effective because it helps them not only change the numbers on a chart, but it, it helps them change who they are mm -hmm. in order to be who they want to mm -hmm. be, and what type of person they want to be to live that kind of life that they want to live because the reason that they're not living the life that they want to now is because they aren't the person that they need to be yet. Mm -hmm. They can get there, but how are you going to get there if you never talk about it? Yeah. You know, yep. does that yeah, make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I have an entire workshop built exactly around who you want to become. So yeah, it absolutely makes sense to me. I am, I, I'm going to just throw in there that part of the way we help people be figure out who they want to become is to help them do a values exercise. I think that's the one thing that kind of connects the why to who they're wanting to become. You know, we can, we can talk about who they want to become in terms of, you know, net worth and in terms of uh, notoriety and, and things like that. But really like figuring out who they truly want to become is on a more, you know, transcended level. Like what are the values that they have and how do they want to be remembered almost? Um, and then to have them realize that the, our spending plan is a reflection of our values. And if it's not a good reflection of our values, that's where we realize things are not in alignment and we need to make sure that we kind of go to the chiropractor and fix that a little bit, right? Um, and in this case, we're mm -hmm. the chiropractor. So, so yeah, I think that that's actually a great way to put things, Cody. I'm glad that you are able to see that. And so if we help our clients get there and, and recognize who they're wanting to become, then what happens if they actually just, they really value being bougie, right? Like what if they really just like all of these things and they're like, I'm, that's my goal. I want to have this lifestyle and I don't want to wait till I'm retired and I want to have it now. What do we, what do we do with that? Well, I think that if that's something that is truly important to them, um, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think that there just needs to be some sort of like intentionality behind it, you know, because so I even have a client right now that like, she, she's a traveling nurse. She makes awesome money. Like, you know, and she has, she likes the bougie lifestyle, mm -hmm. you know, she's in New York. Like she loves it. Um, and you know, she came to me in the first meeting and she's like, I love my I love my purses. I love Louis Vuitton. I love, you know, Gucci, like all this kind of stuff. Right. So and I was just like, up. all right, cool. <laughs> yep. I was, I was like, cool, cool. You know, we can definitely work that in. Um, but then I dug deeper. I was like, well, what do you actually want? You know, and we talked about it and, you know, it basically just came to down to like, you know, are you willing to kind of take a little bit of a step back in the short run to get some stuff taken care of, get it cleaned up, get it working for you, so that in the long run, you can go all out, much more than what you're doing now, mm -hmm. if that's what you really wanna do. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's you gotta kind of like, help them realize that like, what they're doing now is all fine and dandy, but they could be, do, they could be living it up even more. Yeah, yeah, it, it brings me back to a post that I did a little while ago, which basically says, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else, right? There, there is no, yeah. there, you, especially when it comes to time, because you can always make another dollar, 
but time is finite. So if you are saying yes to giving your time to X, Y, and Z, then you're having to say no to giving your time to ABC. That's just, that's just yeah. the way it is. And so what you're helping her do is realize, okay, what are you saying yes to? And I'm a hundred percent behind your yes. If you're saying yes to Louis Vuitton and, and Gucci, I am there with you. What are you willing to say no to in order to have Louis Vuitton and Gucci in your life? Right. And, and then if she says no to these things that later on she indicates are actually things that she values more than having those things that gives you the power then to say, well, not power, but it gives you the opportunity to point that out to her, that discrepancy and say, you know, Hey, you mentioned this is one of your values over here. We're saying no to that value. When we say yes to these things, how do we fix that? Mm -hmm. How do we, how do we yeah. get back over to these and, values? Yeah. And that, and that really allows you to open up a, a great conversation, you know, um, rather than just saying like, well, why'd you do that? Or like, you know, stuff like yeah. that, you know, I don't think that we would say anything like that. Or but, we need to cut um, out, I feel we like need to cut out the things that you just want. Right. I mean, we do yeah. have that conversation yep. on a regular basis, I'm sure. Uh, and yeah. not even realizing yep. that that's what we're doing, but we're basically saying, you know, that's not something we value. And so therefore you shouldn't value that either. And so we need to be careful mm -hmm. with our words. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that with this lifestyle thing, um, there's really two, two sides of the spectrum. And one would be like, okay, like, is this what they actually want? Um, is this the type of people that they actually want to be? And, you know, why is that? Um, I think that that's a huge component that needs to be discussed mm -hmm. uh, and really dug deep on. Like, it's not something you can just kind of talk about for five or 10 minutes. Right. Like, it's something that you should really dig deep on. And even over the course of a few sessions, mm -hmm. you know, like, and that's fine. Uh, I think that's like a huge... I think that's really valuable. Yeah, it's foundational. Um, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And that's something you can always go back to, like you said, like you can always go back to it. Uh, you know, if she's having a hard time, or you know, if there's a, a, a bump in the road, you can always go back to it, remind them, ground them, and just get them refocused. Mm -hmm. you know? I've even gone so far, um, Cody, as to take pictures of, like, I have a. Well, you can see behind me the little post-it thing that's back there on the wall. Um, I actually, when, mm -hmm. when they're in my office or if we're doing this virtually, I'll have that available and we'll actually write things on there. And then when we're all done with that and they've listed their values on there, I'll actually take pictures of it and send it to them. So that when they're like, oh, I don't remember what we wrote. Okay, well, you know, reference this text that I sent you on this day. And then they're able to go back and actually see that for themselves. So if they're in my office, they put it in their own handwriting because that's way more powerful than having it be in my handwriting. Uh, but that's just, just, a little to something to think about, you know, that you can always go back to that, even if it is a year later, because a lot of times, as we talked about in the stages of change uh, episode several ago, we talk about how there is a, there's a, there's a complete cycle that we all go through. And sometimes that cycle can take a really long time. So it might be a full year before some of these things come up where they're like, Oh, I don't remember what those values were. Right. <laughs> and now you can go back and, yeah. and be able to show them that. So they avoid relapse. So I don't want to go down that tangent, yeah. but one thing that I do that's similar is, um, I, re I, I really, really encourage people to either write down their why or write down like the characteristics of who they want to become mm -hmm. stuff like that. 
and place it in a plate in a place in their house. It could be on their bathroom mirror, on their nightstand, on their fridge, whatever. Somewhere that they see it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't avoid it. It's like working it into their mm-hmm. life. Um because so they so that they don't forget it. Yeah. You know, and, and like those visual cues are super powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you're trying to lose weight and you had donuts in every room, like that visual cue would cause you to want to eat donuts every time you walk through the mm-hmm. house. Um, but if you're trying to lose weight and you have like, you know, these uh, motivational quotes around the house or you remove the donuts or something like that, um, that you see on a consistent basis that keep you on track, that's going to be a constant reminder. You know, so that's a, that's one thing that I help people do is like, I really am a strong believer in just visual cues. Mm-hmm. So I think that they, they serve a, a really big purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, um, in regards to helping people kind of, uh, not necessarily break the cycle, but, um, more so just figure out why they're doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that it's more than just the, the analytical numbers. You know, I think that there's power in showing that. And I think you should show mm-hmm. that, you know, like, Hey, like this is, here's the numbers, you know, like if you want, if you truly want this by this date or whatever, um, this is what's going to need to happen. But I, I think that it does need to take that second step deeper in order to actually make, make an impact and not just an impression. Yeah. So what, what happens if the, so we, we kind of unpacked, you know, what if it's not really the client's goals, right? We unpack that. So what if we realize that the client's goals really are very similar to what our coach is telling us that her goals are and her lifestyle really is kind of hindering that and sabotaging that. Where do we go with that? I think it just goes back to, to having those conversations. Really? I mean, you know, I, I think that the, the main thing that needs to be accomplished is not for the coach to realize the problem, mm-hmm. but for the client mm-hmm. to realize the problem. Um, because oftentimes, you know, if, if a client is repeating these actions over and over and over, um, maybe they're aware of it, but they don't understand the, 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 like the gravity of mm-hmm. it, you know? So now we're, we're um, actually moving out of the, out of the realm of just values and we're looking more at patterns of behavior. We're looking at the way that we think about money, the way we feel about money. So if this person is saying, you know, Hey, these are some of the things that I, that I want, uh, my values are over here and my current spending habits are right here. This is where my lifestyle is. And there is dissonance. There is some, some conflict there, some friction. I would probably start unpacking. What does the lifestyle represent for that client? You know, mm-hmm. it, is it like, what was there? Is it status or is it right? Um, pleasure, you know, like what, what would it right. be? Right. Is it, is it, is it like her self-esteem wrapped up in that? You know, does she believe that worthiness comes from what you have? Uh, Just things like that. Right. And the reason that I would go down that path a little bit is because if we do identify that that's one of the things that's happening and we just focus on the numbers, then the numbers, 
like you said earlier, it's only going to be a temporary fix. Because if she believes that her worthiness is wrapped up in what she has, then the minute she stops getting, you know, a really great housekeeper, even if she gets her house cleaned by someone who's cheaper, if she believes that that is an indication of her worthiness, then she's not going to be willing to get a housekeeper that's less, right? So there's got to be some way to help her realize that her worthiness is not wrapped up in her net worth and so on, and like her lifestyle and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think another thing that popped in my head when you said that, you know, so if someone were to, to think like, okay, my worthiness is wrapped up in this, right? Uh, you, you know, you can have that conversation about like what your why is or who you want to become, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. But another crucial thing that I think is super important to talk about is how a person was raised. Mm -hmm. Their childhood, you know, their experiences growing up, because that plays a massive, massive part as to what kind of people they are today. Yep. You know, and, and there might be something buried in there. You know, maybe it was a relationship with their parent that, like, you know, their parent installed some sort of value or uh, expectation or, you know, whatever it might be that might lead to them feeling this way now. Maybe it was that, you know, they grew up less fortunate and all of their friends around them had all the nicest things and they just want to feel like they're finally at that point. And, you know, like, like now that they're grown up and they, and they make big girl or big boy money that now they can do whatever they want when before they couldn't, right. you know, like there's a, I think there's a lot in there that, that could be unpacked, mm -hmm. which could really help make some clarity for both the coach and the client too. And if you're able to, if you're able to find out where it's like kind of rooted from, then you can have the ability to like really make a good change. There. I agree. Uh, so much so <laughs> I know we didn't talk about this, but I'm actually pulling up. I have a question on my questionnaires when I have people come into my world. Um, and I'm thinking specifically about a specific client and I'll tell you why in a second. Um, so the, okay. So the question that I ask is, what do you remember about your family's money situation as you were growing up? Please share a, a, a money memory that sticks with you. And I'm going to share this person's answer and it's not going to mean anything to you or to our listeners in isolation, uh, but, but I'll explain it to you in a minute. So her answer was the stable parent would belittle the entrepreneur parent. So the reason that that is, it was such a info rich statement was because this is a, a very creative individual. I tend to work with creative individuals and she, she was struggling with figuring out how to keep her, um, her, her business income consistent. And when we unpacked that a little bit, we realized that she was in a bad marriage. So she had been belittled by her almost ex-husband. Um, and when she looked back at her family history, she realized that the same thing was happening. It was in reverse. The father was actually the entrepreneur in that relationship. And the mom was the one who was always belittling her, but she always kept that, that vision. And so she was like, I always feel like I can't go out and be the entrepreneur that I want to be. I need to have something stable because the other the other spouse, if you will, is going to belittle what I'm trying to do. That one question brought up so many things. And when I sat down with her on, it was actually her 
I want to say her first actual session, um, we unpacked this a little bit and she got so many ahas from it by that one little question. So yes, I do believe that we absolutely, whether you think that it's an issue or not, throw that question into your mix. Find out, because you never know what one memory they're going to give you, right? You can give them an example and they might say something that had money, but this one didn't even have anything to do with money. It said the stable parent would belittle the entrepreneur parent. There was nothing in there about spending. There was nothing in there about fighting. There was nothing in there about communication. But what she found, what she remembered was, it was paramount to what we needed to talk about. And so that's why it's a very open-ended question for a reason. And, and I encourage each of our listeners to include that into your initial questioning for them. Yeah. I, I talk about uh, people's upbringing in the first session that I have with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I, I think it's that important. Like let's talk about this now <laughs> so I can understand. And so yeah. you can understand and then we can move forward um, because it is, it's massive. It's, it really is. Um, and I think that can really help explain a lot of behavior, a lot of mindsets. Um, and even, even it can even go so far to, uh, you know, if you're working with a couple, mm-hmm. uh, to explain how they might interact with mm-hmm. each other too. Yeah. And I would encourage you, you know? too. Um, I know you mentioned, you know, we're, we're going to say this and we want to, we want to move forward. I would actually bring it up. I'd sprinkle it in along the coaching process. Just ask again, hey, you know, tell me one memory that you have from growing up as a child. They may give you the same one. They may say, Cody, dude, you're losing your mind. You asked me this a month ago, you know, Um, but they very well may come up with a different memory. And the memory that they're coming up with is a very strong indicator of where they are right now. So if I had asked that girl that question five months ago, she would have had a very different response. Does that make sense? So I encourage you to just yes. continue to sprinkle it in there. Hey, today, just let's go back. Tell me another memory you remember, right? And then it'll kind of give you an indication of where they are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been an amazing well, topic. Uh, I mean, and I forget, I forget which listener, <laughs> I forget which listener sent it in. I am so sorry. <laughs> Kim. Okay. So, so yes, Kim, thank you so much for, for bringing this to our attention today and for allowing us to unpack this a little bit. I hope that you got some really golden nuggets out of what we talked about today. And if you're hearing this and you're like, oh my gosh, I have some follow-up questions, definitely feel free to reach back out to us and, and unpack it further. We'd love that. And if any of the listeners have questions in general, or if they have a topic that they would like to hear us talk about, uh, you're more than welcome to reach out to us either directly. Uh, I think that there's some links in the show notes for our socials, um, or you could shoot, shoot us an email at uh, podcast at newmoneyhabits.com, and we'd be more than happy to hear from you and, and hopefully help out. So Yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Hope you have a great rest of your week, and we will see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast. Brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.